I'm Amber. <laughs> and I'm Raven. Hey. <laughs> New voice on the podcast. Hello. So we have a special guest today, Raven. She's here with us to talk about the things and the stuff. How are you, Raven? Mm-hmm. All yes. the things, all the stuff. I'm doing very, very well. I'm happy to see both of you. How are you guys doing? Oh. You know. <laughs> Celeste, that's, Celeste, that's you okay. Go first I today. feel it. Uh, how? No, honestly, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm doing much better than I yeah. typically am. So can't complain. Um. Yeah, I agree. I'm doing a lot better than I. I'm in a much better place now than I was like two, three weeks ago. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Same, same. I'm in this weird place where like I'm low key stressed about like work and stuff, but everything outside of my life, like outside of my work life, it's going great. So it's like I feel yeah. fine. But then once I open my work laptop, then it's like, oh no, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> so I'm true. The exact opposite. Oh, so I feel like work is going fine because <laughs> there ain't nothing going on at work for me at least. Which I'm 100% okay with because um, I'm trying to work on myself. So, and it's a long, hard road. But yeah, I, yeah. We That's missed fair. last, we missed an episode. Um, and, you know, that's fine. That'll happen. I was going through some things. I'm okay. It's fine. We just had to take a little break, but it's all right. Yeah. I think we both needed a break though, because when you when you texted me, you were like, "I don't know if we should record today." I was like, <laughs> "Thank you," because <laughs> I don't know, because I was gonna be like, "Oh, this is gonna be a mental health check in part two. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Campbell oh, and I have definitely gosh. done that yeah. on some weeks. Yeah, yeah. So Raven has a gosh. podcast with Campbell, who has been on the this podcast before. It's called Boozicals. Mm-hmm. and yeah tell yes. us more about it it is a very yeah. fun podcast yeah so basically it's a podcast that Campbell and I do where we pick a musical each like week and we pick a cocktail to go with that musical and we basically just get drunk while we talk about it laugh joke around um, and then at the end we try to play a piece from the musical with zero practice whatsoever um, and then we review ourselves playing, and it's funny because it's, it's never, never good. good. They're constantly arguing. <laughs> it's yeah. never That's good. good. I constantly like constantly arguing about yeah. who so... <laughs> was worse, er. <laughs> <laughs> who, was, who was the worst yes. of the bad already? <laughs> it's good. I like that idea, though. It's really original. Could you give us, um, Raven, some examples, maybe, of some pairings that you've done? Like, which musical yeah. with what cocktail? Yeah, so um, so the first one we ever did was the movie Anastasia, like the 1997 animated film about like mm-hmm. Russia and the fall of the Romanov family. Uh-oh. And so the drink that we did was called a Red Rasputin. And it was oh, basically okay. like a cherry cola, but with vodka. And it was nice. very, very good. And I then like we did good. like Sweeney Todd and we did a drink called a shave and a haircut. Okay. So yeah, so we, we try to always like pair them together very well. Or like, there's been a couple times we've like made up our own. Um, like this a uh, couple weeks ago, we did. Well, it's not gonna come out until way after I assume this episode will come out. <laughs> but we do record Forbidden as well, like the visual album by Todrick Hall. 
Um, okay. And so the drink we made for that, um, I actually kind of technically invented it, but we made like a layered rainbow drink where it's like all the colors of the rainbow, except purple because I couldn't fit it in. And I had to do like legitimate specific gravity wow. calculations to create the wow. drink. So it was wild. But yeah, it was really cool. That's impressive. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's very fun. Um, you can find it wherever podcasts are found, um, like Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, your whatever your yeah, favorite medium I'm is. Put that in the show notes just for you guys to look if you forget, because you probably will. Because people. Also, if you would like to continue <laughs> hearing Celeste's beautiful voice, then definitely listen to the podcast because she is on our Chicago yeah, episode. I am. That was a really good episode. I mean, it's my favorite episode because I'm on it, obviously. But, yeah, I, yeah, I had a great time. Like, hopefully I'm on again. It was really fun. Yeah. I think you're going to be on for another one. Yeah, my, like, favorite musical of all time. Like, yeah. yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. So, yeah. Which reminds me, I need to (laughs) rewatch Mamma Mia again. Anyway. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so... We're going to get started with our segment, our topic of the week. And um, today, you'll probably already see the title, but today we're going to talk about not being black enough to be black and like what that means and like our experiences. Um, We're all young black women, professional black women, and... I feel like I've talked to Raven about this before and I feel like I can definitely I don't think Amber and I have like specifically talked about this but like I feel like we know <laughs> like in like we have similar I was gonna say I feel like we don't really have huh? to talk about yeah it. yeah <laughs> yeah I was gonna say I feel like we don't really okay. have to talk about it because we've probably had very similar yeah. experiences so jump into it it might get a little deep per usual but it's fine it's okay this is what we're here for um so (laughs) i got some notes um because i like doing that type of stuff nowadays but yeah okay so (laughs) there is this phenomenon where black people who love thing like things adjacent to white culture are just ridiculed for not being black enough to be black and Mm -hmm. sometimes we get our quote-unquote black card stripped away from us because you know we love top 40 music or vans or we don't use av african-american vernacular english and i just want to explore like what are the things that happened and how it affected us and kind of like where we are today because I know for me, at least, there was kind of like a transitional period where I started to reject this idea. So um, so my first question, got a series of questions, but my first question is, when and how did you realize um, being Black meant living a different life from others? So for me... Um, I kind of always knew, like, I don't have, like, one instance where I was like, oh, I'm black, and this is going to be mad different. (laughs) Like, I, there was, I just always knew, like, my 
family constantly, um, they weren't like, you know, being like, oh, being black is hard, but you know, they were always having like honestly, con- honest conversations with me about just like their life and what they're going through. And they never like really babied me. They like really talked to me as a, talked to me as a person, as a child. And I really appreciate in that aspect they did that, um, those kinds of things. But I think it wasn't until college when I really realized like, how different people's mindsets are um and because i i think at that point like i just wasn't trying to be i wasn't aspiring to whiteness or like trying to be accepted by white people so i like really saw like oh shit like the shit is fucked up and like my the way i have i'm going to live my life and i have lived my life is so different from what other people words what other people have so yeah 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 what about you yeah i would say like my experience with that so my, i guess my first like real experiences with it was we're very young but i didn't fully realize the implication of them until very recently like once i got older yeah. so i remember um my parents so my parents were raised um in the south in mississippi in a small town in like the 70s so definitely experienced their fair share of prejudice and racism and everything um i however was raised in a in Virginia, um, in like very middle class, predominantly white area where everyone was fairly well, not necessarily affluent maybe, but like well off, like, and there wasn't a lot of objective racism, at least that I remember directly experiencing, but like there were definitely a couple points in my life that, especially looking back on them, I was just yeah. like, hold up. <laughs> that probably wasn't, wasn't right. Yeah. Like, I would yeah. say the first the first instance I can think of, I remember being in fifth grade and we were reading um, this book in class. It was like our social studies class. It was like a historical fiction book. And the cover of the book was like a painted like picture and it had a black character on the front and um, the black character like just, it like showed his hands and like his hand, like at the palm of his hand was a different color from the back of his hand because that's how yes. hands look um and i remember one of one of the girls in my class who is a young white girl um she called over the teacher also white uh, and was just like why do his hands look like that and she turned to me grabbed oh. my hands and flipped them over and said that's just what they look like <laughs> and at the time i was like nine or ten years old and i was just like that's weird <laughs> you don't know what black people look like like what do you mean and then i was thinking about that i was thinking about that incident a few months ago and i was just like yeah pull up <laughs> like mm-hmm. no one no Yikes. one was weirded out by that like no one like even i as a child like didn't understand yeah this is i mean okay yeah uh, mm. and and it was it was another thing like uh like looking around my classroom like i was i wasn't the only um like minority child in my classroom but i was the only black one that i can remember um and i had a similar not similar incident but i remember there was another time when i was around the same age i would played soccer with like a recreational league and i remember for, for as long as i can remember um all 
of the parents on all of my soccer teams always knew my name, even if that is so um, true. <laughs> even oh, if I had just started like two weeks ago, didn't know oh. any other child's name except their own child, but they always knew my name. And I remember like one time jokingly, I was like, I asked my mom, I was like, why do they always know my name? And she was just like, sweetie, it's because you're the only black girl and your name isn't hard to pronounce. <laughs> And, and my mom yeah. like, wasn't saying mm-hmm. it to like be hurtful or mean or anything. Like, she was just like, yeah. yeah, like you're the only black girl. And it mm. was the first mm. time, like I knew I was black and they were white, but like it was the first time I really looked around. It was just like almost everyone in my life except my family and then my church family is white. And I was just like, oh, wow, that's okay. Yeah. That's cool. So I would say that was wow. probably like my first yeah. experiences with it. Raven, I feel like you tapped into my childhood <laughs> for a second because I'm like really weirded out because I, I had a lot of similar experiences. But you, well, you mentioned kind of noticing things in fifth grade when you're in school. And that brings me to what I noticed when I was in third grade. This was I think this was the point where I realized I was different than the people I went to school with. And I mean, these kids were the only kids that I interacted with outside of my family there you know um but anyways I was I was in third grade and I met this girl in my class I I will never forget this so I met this girl in my class named Jordan and we got along really well she was this cute little white girl like we just had so much in common we always had fun like we'd like sit together at lunch play at recess you know all that stuff like pick each other for partners and everything so um through the first half of the year pretty much I was like really close with her and I remember one day um we were just laughing and joking around and then she was like oh my gosh you should come to my house and sleep over and I was like oh that sounds great I'm gonna ask my mom you know I'm sure she'll say yes like I'm so excited whatever so I you know I get home and as soon as I see my mom that's like first thing I tell her is like oh I, I my friend wants me to come over to her house and she's like okay yeah sure just let me know you know you know whatever it was like earlier in the week so she I guess she was assuming it was gonna happen over the weekend So (laughs) I come into school the next day and I'm sitting in class and then I see, um, I see my friend Jordan come in and she doesn't look at anyone. She goes straight to the teacher and hands the teacher a letter. And so the teacher read the letter and then she looked straight at me and I was just like, like, I didn't, you know, I thought I was in trouble because she looked right, right at me and Jordan looked really sad and, you know, she wouldn't talk to me. I kind of tried to wait her and she pretty much ignored me. So the teacher calls me up to her desk and she's like, hey, I need to move your desk away from Jordan. You can't sit with her. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> so I was like, what happened? Like, I I got in trouble for talking all the time, but I never, I was like, oh, did I talk too much? I'm so sorry. I won't talk all day. Well, you know, I was just like really thought that it was because we talked too much because we were good friends. But I was like, you know, what did I do? What did I do? She goes, you're not in trouble. You're not in trouble. You just can't sit with her. I'm sorry. And then she moved me to like the other end of the classroom, basically. And I, I just, it didn't click until maybe like five years ago that that's really what was happening. Um, so it turns out like, yeah, it was, it, it was crazy because I finally got her to talk to me at lunchtime and she was like crying. And I'm like, what is going on? Right. So she tells me, that when she talked to her parents about me coming over, they asked what I looked like. And she told them I had dark skin. And then they said that I couldn't hang out with her anymore. So that was it. I didn't get to speak to her for the rest of the year. 
it was it was terrible. Like how do I think that about it? And that, yeah, and this was in the South. I mean, I went to school in Florida. I went to yeah, uh, preschool in Florida. It's so, Florida. Mm. Yeah, about, so it's like right? oh, ta da. <laughs> like, yeah, but but really, that I think that was the first the first experience I had where I realized that people would treat me different because I didn't look like them. And where I went to school, like this, this also was kind of something um, that I was, I think both Raven and Celeste have kind of grown up similarly, similarly to me, but I grew up in like a decent area. Like we've always had like, you know, a nice place to live. And my parents have for the most part been, you know, comfortable with money and stuff like that. So we've kind of naturally just always been in these um you know affluent areas where there's majority white people and so I didn't I guess I didn't realize this whole time that I was just gonna get treated different anyway because I didn't look like everyone else I went to school with or you know and then you know so there's other there's other pieces but that's I think that's the main thing that kind of just set the uh <laughs> set, the, set the tone I guess for the rest yeah. of my child <laughs> Yeah. 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 And uh, what's crazy is that this all happened to us, like, young. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, off the bat. Like, yeah. In, like, formative, very developmental years where we're supposed to be developing, um, what is it, like, we're supposed to be developing like what does like relationships and like love looks like and that gets very much disrupted yeah. by shitty people and like white supremacy and like all yeah. these just shitty stuff and it's just like and you're yeah and you're at that age where you don't know yeah. the why for it and you can't even fathom so that. you take it personally yeah. every time you don't have the where yeah. but you've been on this earth less than 10 years maybe like you don't have the mm-hmm. wherewithal to be mm-hmm. like oh like this is a bigger system at play you're just like i just want to play with my friend or i just yeah. want to play soccer or, i just want to hang out with my friends and i can't do that because mm-hmm. of things before me and yeah like i it it uh i don't know it's for me at least it like always puts things into perspective of why I give so much grace to black people and people who are minorities because this shit starts from a very young age and it's hard to recognize for a very long time that this shit fucked you up and then you hit maybe 20 30 40 and you're like damn now I have to like relearn a lot of things and it's just hard. It's extremely hard. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to me, especially how, especially in this society now, in this time now of um, around like body yeah. image and, well, body image has been a thing in the media for a long time, but, um, you know, and, like the body positivity movement, like all the things happening. And I remember back in, especially like middle school and early high school, like a lot of other girls, like I was incredibly insecure about my body type um, and just like the shape of my body and the way I looked. And like, looking back, like oh, my yeah. body was fine. My body was perfect. Like there was nothing wrong with it, you know? But it's just like, 
I looked very different than all the other mm-hmm. girls around me. Like we just had different body types and like there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like I was like one of the only girls that looked like me. And so like mm-hmm. at that time it's like eleven and twelve year old children don't have the mental mature the emotional maturity to be like, oh no, they look like them and I look like me. We're both fine. We're both beautiful. Like no, it was just like those are the girls that all the guys consider pretty. I don't look like them and no guys are talking to me. So what's wrong with me? Yeah. Yeah. I feel um, that. It's a whole nother. Yeah. Like their treatment <laughs> of like black girls and like the adultification of black girls and the, how we get treated when we're children is completely disgusting in a whole deep dive discussion that we could totally have but yeah I 100% understand (laughs) it's hard to like feel loved and feel pretty when you are not surrounded by people who look like you and that's why representation matters for Mm -hmm. yeah so absolutely and I feel like that actually plays a part in in you know relationships because I feel like for a lot of girls that look like us whenever they get any attention from someone that they're, you know, they might not be interested in them, but if they get any attention, it's like, what do you do with that? Right. So you see all these, all of your peers like dating and boys are following them around or whatever. And then it's you or, you know, my case, like I'm kind of thinking of myself, like, so when you do have someone pay attention to you like that, you you just latch on like it doesn't it doesn't even matter sometimes because I feel like I feel like you're like oh my god somebody's interested and then you know I I just feel like that oh it just screws people up from the start because you I think you you think you have to take more than you should Mm -hmm. because you you know it's kind of like a what else is there sort of thing that's just kind of how I feel and of course not everybody is like this but I think it certainly plays a part in, you know, how people get into relationships and, and sometimes even why they stay in relationships that oh, aren't yeah. right for them. Yeah. And I, I think also, like, even just, like, it kind of goes back into, like, a whole circle because then you're you're having this mindset of, okay, well, the girls that look like me aren't getting any attention or they're getting the wrong kind of attention and the girls that look like them are getting the type of attention that I want Mm -hmm. so I'm going to try to be like them and I'm going to like do whatever I can to like be a part of that community and that's true you're never going to be like you can be like you might be friends with them and they might accept you and like all the other stuff but like at the end of the day you are different people and you a lot of times come from different backgrounds and there's nothing wrong with that but trying so hard to be a part of that um, a community that you're not really a part of and then you're penalized by your own group of people by being told yeah. that you're too white oh so it's just like oh, that's great that is the circle <laughs> yep yeah. that's the circle for sure yeah. so my next question is um when did people start to tokenize you so <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> okay yes. so this is what we're going <laughs> so if you don't know what I'm gonna stay quiet means, <laughs> it pretty much means that you tend to be like the only minority in a group of white people 
like in very like layman terms. Like the, the designated, yeah, the designated, yeah. yes, colored friend, yeah. <laughs> person of color, person um, of color. Yeah. Um. So for, yeah, <laughs> I'll stay quiet. Well, you're gonna have to talk. But for me, it started in middle school. Um. I got the also like middle school is like that time where like you really start ramping up in the hormones and stuff and the you know everything is 80 yeah. times more difficult <laughs> once you turn 12 yeah. so um yes. I got a lot of the you're pretty for a black girl oh, oh my gosh <laughs> don't Celeste, you are triggering me right now. I feel triggered. I'm um, triggered. I got a lot of that. A lot of that. Um, it was also like, LOL, I wrote this in, but it's also the time I was like, it's also when I became attracted to white boys, LOL. Um, yep. <laughs> Guilty. Anyway. Um, so, oh, I'm about to get real raw. But... At that time, like a reminder, I was a child, but at that time, like being a token made me feel good. Like I felt like it was like a false sense of security, like, oh, like I'm sheltered from the racism. Um, Hmm. But I wasn't like at all. Like it just made me feel, I was like, oh, I'm accepted by these white people. Like they call me their friend, but... I was the token, like I was. Um, I also felt like black kids didn't accept me because they thought that I thought I was better than them. And honestly, looking back, I I think in some respects I did feel that way Um, because, you know, I was just more accepted by white kids. But like, I truly wanted to also Mm. be friends with black kids and like other black people um because they just seemed really cool and a lot of my reasons and like thoughts and like around being like oh being a token was very much like was like rooted in classism and internalized racism I have a lot of I have family, I don't want to say, I don't know, it's a lot, but I do have family members that are classes. So I grew up with the same mentality. Yeah. I grew up, you know, thinking about like, oh, like you need to be the proper black person. You shouldn't be using ab. You shouldn't be saying the N slur. You shouldn't be doing this, that, and the third. Yep. You shouldn't be wearing your hair relaxed. You should dress a certain way. You can't go outside looking ghetto and da 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 da, whatever. And just like looking mm. down on black people and it's just and I just I don't know it just I stopped I was I was that person in middle school and in high school and it was just and I definitely was proud to be tokenized like I was proud to be the only black person I Hmm. was but also like I was a child so I didn't know better and I didn't understand like the impact that they had on like my mental and I didn't understand you know the fact that I was honestly like hating myself I hated myself and that's a dark and scary and crazy place to be so 
So yeah, and like also at this time, and also I was so removed. My life was different from a lot of the black kids I went to school with. I didn't live in the hood. I didn't live in subsidized housing. So I didn't know what it was like to live that life and like what stressors and issues that they were going through. And then also, you know, I had family who's classes. So I'm just, I'm also just as bad as the white people. Like, oh, you just need to do better. Like, you just need to da-da-da-da-da. You need to pull yourself up, blah-blah-blah-blah, whatever. And it's, like, it's a whole system that, like, got us here. And, yeah, some of us made it out of the hood, but, like, that doesn't mean that we get to leave those people behind. Like, and, yeah, so, so, yeah, I was definitely, middle school was definitely when I started getting tokenized, and I was in it i was in it it was bad yeah yeah <laughs> how about yep. y'all well I, I i was gonna say first of all i appreciate yeah. your honesty with all that because 100%. i don't know if, i don't know if i could have admitted any <laughs> of what you just admitted because i because honestly kind of it still kind of ties into the question so in my in my experience i felt like similar similarly to you it's kind of started in middle school but I always felt like because I was the token black friend or the token black girl you know whatever I had to try so much harder than everyone else to come off as okay like that's why I was really like super self-loathing like like, I remember I, I won class clown in in high school, like senior year, you know, superlatives and all that crap they put in the yearbook. I won class clown. And when they, when they um, you know, gave me the award, I was like, what the, like, what the fuck did I do for this? Like, I, I just would make fun of myself or like cause situations in class that would, you know, try to make people laugh and, and accept me. Like, I wanted everyone to like me. So I put myself down and you know got myself in trouble over and over again to do that but apart from that it was really like I felt like if I acted like the people I wanted to be friends with it would be you know easier for me to stay friends with them and be close to them whatever but then on the other side of things like like what you were saying Celeste um there were all the other black kids in the school and granted like where I went to school, like middle school through high school, there really wasn't a lot of black kids. But typically, the majority of the black kids that were at the school were bussed in yeah. from, you know, underserved areas or, you know, it, the way my county was, we had specialty schools. So you could apply and get transferred across the county to a totally different school. And that's what a lot of people did that didn't, you know, they wanted to go to like a tech school or culinary school or whatever, but they didn't live in the right area. Yeah quote unquote so um yeah so a lot of kids were bust in and a lot of those kids didn't act like me eh, because they didn't grow up like I did but I felt like I I, I caught myself a lot a lot especially in middle school and like early high school I caught myself a lot changing the way how I spoke to people depending on who I was speaking to so if I was speaking to mostly white kids I would talk like I am probably now you know but if I was talking to the black kids I would you know cut the word short, I'd add in some slang, like totally unintentionally. I'm not like sitting there like, yeah. you know, with my hands on my face, like trying hard to think about this, but it just was like, that's what I felt like I had to do 
to fit in with everybody. And yeah, it, it definitely created, like, like you said, it, it created a situation where I felt like I, I felt like I wasn't a good person and because I was fake, you know, but really I just, I just was trying so hard to not be the problem person. I just wanted to be the funny person and the dependable yeah. and, you know, that, that person, I wanted to be that person. I didn't want to be the outcast, but it kind of like, it, it didn't work that way anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. I would say for me, Celeste, I think my experience was very similar to yours. Um, I would say I definitely started having that experience in middle school because my family, um, I, I don't think my parents necessarily were classes, but they definitely were working very hard to get out of the situation that they were raised mm. in mm. Um, and to help their children get to an even better situation that they found themselves in. And so yeah, my so. parents put a lot of emphasis on being educated, having a strong vocabulary, speaking properly, being articulate, um, enunciating like all the types of things to sound intelligent, to sound smart. And so um, the amount, if I had a quarter for every time a white person said to me, oh my gosh, oh my you're God. so articulate. Talk about <laughs> yeah. yep. And and then I would get around like other black kids or sometimes in some cases my own extended family members and they would be like, Raven, yeah. you talk white. And so I felt rejected yeah. mm-hmm. by black people and accepted by white people. And I was like, well, I... I, I like the fact that they accept me. I like the fact that yeah, they think I'm, I'm smart, that they this. think mm-hmm. I'm articulate, like all this other stuff. And so I found myself, like, even though I wanted to fit in with the few black kids that were at my school, um, I constantly felt rejected by them. So then I started distancing myself from them and hanging out primarily with other white students and white people and stuff like that. And it was one of those things where I by that point i was aware of the fact that i was different from them and i hated that so it was like it got to a point where like i remember thinking like i wish i wasn't black like i wish i was white like i just want to be white you know and so like having that mindset and like growing up with that whole idea of because i guess it was the idea of i want to sound smart like i don't want to have to make myself not necessarily sound dumb because i hate that that's how like slang and ebonics and like all that stuff is considered um but i was like if talking intelligently is talking white or like not black then i don't want to be black like i want to speak the way i speak and be Mm -hmm. accepted for who i am um and so i would would definitely say that was the time where i started pretty much only really hanging out with white people or like at least non-black people um and really distancing myself from honestly my own like racial identity and everything and it felt like really weird at first and then I kind of got used to it and then by high school I didn't really know how to hang out with black people like my the high school that I ended up going to because um Amber like my city also had like specialty schools and specialty programs mm-hmm. so I went to a high school that wasn't in the neighborhood that was districted for, that was districted for so the high school that I ended up going to was predominantly black and I remember getting okay. there and being like, I don't know how to talk to yeah. you guys. Like, I don't know how to hang out with you. Like, 
And um, I did actually end up like getting a few more black friends and like hanging out with them and stuff like that. And I remember for the longest time I felt, even though they were super nice and they accepted me and everything like that, and none of them were ever like, Raven, you're not black enough. There were a couple times, but it was like, it was more of like, oh, you haven't, like, what do you mean you haven't seen like boys yeah. in the hood? What do you I mean, mean you haven't yeah, seen? Yeah, that's like, like all these different things. <laughs> yeah. But, or you would, you would make, yeah, some, yeah you would make some reference yeah. and they'd be like, what the hell is that? Yeah, like, like that I, was, would, that was I would be, I like, would pull up like a country yeah. song and they'd yeah. be like, Raven, what is this? <laughs> I don't even um, listen to country. But it was never, it was never a jab <laughs> at like the way I talked or the way I dressed, like anything like that. Um, and so, like, mm. after that, like, I started getting a little more comfortable and like eventually I started kind of finding myself a little more but it still That's wasn't good. until very recently that I really broke away from that and really learned to love the fact that I'm black and love me for who I am like all that stuff and I think it's wild like we've been saying this the whole time I think it's wild that those ideals like were impressed upon me at the age of yeah. like 11 <laughs> yeah 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 I agree Whew, that yeah. was a good question though. I I think because like I I think about it a lot. Also, like, we're young. So, like, me being, like, middle school in relative to my life wasn't that long ago. But... <laughs> mm-hmm. Feels like it. <laughs> but, like, I think also because, like, I'm doing a lot of... I've been doing a lot of reflection in the past year, two years. So, I have been reflecting a lot on my life. And, yeah, that... That always, that is, that, I think that will always, like, stay with me, like, me being in those places where I, like, I was, so, you guys talked about your schools, but, like, I didn't really talk about my school, but my middle school was a magnet school, so you had to apply to get in, and anyone from all over the city could go um, to that school, but you had to apply, and you had to be accepted to get in, um, and so it was like a mixed bag of kids and it was kids from like mm-hmm. all over the city mm-hmm. and then in high school like well the city i lived in was predominantly black so my high school was a mix cuz we had i we had the ib program so you know kids had to apply to that and stuff like that so there were a lot more yeah. there were a lot more white kids than normal in our school so so yeah, I but yeah, like I only I'm mostly hung out with white people or white kids like cuz yeah, like you said like I felt that those were the people that were accepting me. And I also always feel like I don't know, for me and the people like my family, like when you were talking about like your family talking about like the way you speak like oh you talk white and so that shit triggers me so fucking bad like i hate that <laughs> yeah. shit so much i'm yeah. just like i can't control like the sound of my voice like this is the way i talk like yeah this is the way y'all taught me how to talk and then now i'm the one who's <laughs> trying to be white what is this mess like yeah. i just literally like what do you want from me i am a child so yeah but yeah, uh, so yeah. relatable. Oh man. Well, I have another deep question. Raven did kind of touch on this though, but okay. my next question is: Did you hate being black? I knew you were gonna <laughs> ask this. So, oh! 
Mine uh. is a yes and no question. Yes and no. Um, at some point, definitely in middle school and in high school, I wished I wasn't because I felt like my life would be easier. But I also feel like all black people go through that because white supremacy, yay. So, um, <laughs> but I did have a lot of black female role models in my life that supported me and like pushed me to love myself. So I didn't really fully hate being black. I think it was just all the systems at play that made me feel that way. Um, but there was an experience that I, I will never forget this ever. I think because it was the, like the, the like visceral feeling I had in my body when this happened. Um, but this was in high school. I don't remember if it was like junior or senior year, but I think at that time I had dated a couple white guys, whatever, and there is this black, this black kid, black guy, and he was like the epitome of a token. And like he wore fans, he skateboarded, he only hung out with white people. He like, he had like braided his hair so it would like swoop, you know, like, <laughs> like, what? like oh, it was just wow. like braids, but his braids would like swoop. That is and dedication. Would, like, you know, do the swoop thing, you know, a la Justin Bieber. Oh, really? Yes. He did the hair flip and all and that. He, um, <laughs> and he like always talked down on, talked down about like black people. And like one, I don't know, like I hmm. like, I never like, was like friends with him or like knew him knew him or anything but we had like similar-ish friends so like he was kind of around sometimes and then one time he um we were at lunch and he was at our lunch table or something and he just started talking like mad shit about black people and I was just like what is wrong with him like what is wrong with you? And now I'm like realizing it was a fucking mirror. Like he was literally a mirror right in front of me. And I realized like how fucking insane like all of that shit is. And like I realized I was like, I remember thinking in my head, I was like, I don't hate myself that much. Like I don't, I don't hate hmm. myself that much for me to hate on blackness like i i just mm -hmm. like i don't know if it was like divine intervention i don't know what it was but he was like a literal mirror sitting in front of me and i was like this shit is fucked up i was like yeah no this is a turning point like nope mm -mm, i'm not about this <laughs> nope i rebuke this yeah. in the name of jesus no thank you I don't want to, I don't want any parts of this at all. So yeah, I was just oh, like, that's crazy. Yeah. So that was my turning point. But yeah, like I, I think at some point because of the world and society we live in, I think it's inevitable to to internalize and like hate yourself, especially as people of color and black people. But I don't want it to be normalized anymore. I don't want, it's not okay. Like you shouldn't hate yourself. And yeah, I, 
that was that was my experience but yeah that was crazy i'm gonna bleep that out but (laughs) 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 jesus christ oh we can say that now no i'm kidding i'm joking oh wow i'm not saying that that's all you yeah he just sound a little little loopy wonder how he's doing you know what i hope for his sake i hope for clarity and peace because in grace because boy did he need it god yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i will say from my part um during like around that same time period like middle school honestly almost through high school um i would say i my first kind of turning point was like right when i started college like right at the beginning of starting college but i would say for like middle school and high school i don't know necessarily that i hated blackness but i definitely wished i was white like i definitely wished i like wasn't black um and well also i can't say that i didn't hate blackness because i remember like i would say which i'm like looking back at it i'm just like i needed therapy honestly i feel like all black people need therapy all people need therapy but i feel like all black people in america need therapy (laughs) um (laughs) but i I remember i would say things like oh like i don't hate black like i don't dislike black people i just like don't like ghetto black people and like i would say like little like things like that and they would just be like and like now looking back on it it's just like again just like my own ignorance like once again of like not understanding the situation and not understanding the big picture and not understanding all the different things that people of all different backgrounds go through and all the things that contribute to your socioeconomic standing and your behavior and the clothing that you have and the way you speak and like all these different things like there's no one factor that makes that means that you are smart or dumb or good or bad or like any of these other things so but like I remember being young and just being like, I I enjoyed like I loved my family. I loved the traditions that we had. I loved our culture and I loved my church and I loved like all the different things I experienced with my family and the other black people in my life. But when I would go to school and like go around my friends, which was the majority of my experience as a child. I remember just being like, I would be so much prettier if I was white or like, I would be like, whatever, like I would just wish, you know? And I remember for a long time, I like hated my natural hair. I only like, I wore relaxers up until about like sixth grade. And then my sister went natural. And then my mom was just like, okay, Raven, you and me, we're going natural. We're doing this. And, uh, and I'm so glad that she did. But I remember for the longest time, I would just constantly straighten my hair. Like the second I washed it, I immediately dried it. I immediately blow dried it and I immediately straightened it. Like I never wanted to see it. If it was frizzy, I would immediately take another straightener to it. I would not go out in the rain. I would not do anything. It had to be pinned straight at all times. And I remember I, I hated like I remember there was one time like it wasn't even frizzy or like curly or anything it just had more volume than i normally liked it to and my mom was just like no it's it's pretty like it's beautiful like you have volume to your hair for once in like five years and i was just like i don't like it you need to flat iron it again <laughs> and i remember my freshman year like like move-in day of freshman year i remember like i had my natural hair because i think i worn it natural for the first time like a couple weeks prior or something because it's like the end of my senior year 
I went to a hairstylist to get like something done to my hair for some event. And I ended up getting it straightened and like styled and everything. But while it was natural, my hairstylist was black and there was another woman at the salon that was also black. And both of them were like in awe of my natural hair, um, which it was healthier at the time than it is now. But, um, but both of them were just like, oh my God, like your natural hair is beautiful. It's gorgeous. Like I wish my hair looked like that with just washing and conditioning it. And I remember thinking about it being like, do people like this? Like, do people think this looks pretty? And then like later that summer, I wore it like that to a baseball game. And my mom had taken a picture of me and my sisters and posted it on her Facebook. And a whole bunch of people, including like friends, like some of my friends from school were just like, you look gorgeous. Like, I love this. Like, you should wear your hair like this more often. And that was the turning point where I was just like, oh, maybe I That's can great. like be black <laughs> and like not wear my hair pinned straight at all times. And so like that was when I started getting to like wearing my natural hair and everything. And now I love it. Like now, like I've maybe straightened my hair three times in the past like two years. Wow. So yeah, that's it's wild. more than me. Yeah. <laughs> to be totally honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That, yeah, that, again, I feel like is another window into my own life because I feel like I didn't start truly accepting 100% who I was until recently, like very, very recently, maybe two years ago. Like right when I was finishing up school, I think, or yeah, right when I was finishing up school, I was like, ah, all right, it's enough. That's enough. Like, because I, I, I just, I was exhausting myself by like thinking of all these other, you know, things that I could be or look like or whatever, you know, like I always wanted like super long straight hair, like Raven was talking about. Like I did the same thing. I would burn the hell out of my hair every day unless my mom, you know, had put it in braids for me. Because I've, we, Celeste and I have talked about this before, but I have extremely tender headedness yeah. <laughs> so yep. it makes me makes me it makes it very difficult for me to trust other people with my hair so i just would tell my mom like it, if it wasn't relaxed and styled it was in braids and like individual braids so it would lay flat and you know loose like like white girl hair and stuff but you know now obviously i wear my hair natural now but i think it took for me to realize that like i think that with the hair was the last thing that was holding me back. I, I truly do think it was that. Because I I don't know. I just, I think that was, I had like some resentment maybe over mm -hmm. having this hair that I have. Because I'm like, it's hard to deal with. I'm tenderheaded. This isn't normal. Like it's, you know, hard to comb through stuff. If I wash it, it just absorbs it. Like, you know, or it doesn't do anything. And it puffs up. And I was just, it was, every time I had to deal with my hair, I was just, really stressed and really frustrated and so I think it took for me to accept that this is the hair that I have and I should at least take better care of it to you know I guess see its potential and you know actually have it look decent like I think it was until I started doing that that I just you know after that I finally like felt like comfortable being black I think yeah and even now just just recently just this year I've started wearing it like like natural natural with nothing like no crochet braids no extensions like nothing else and it's been it's been really good like it's been a good experience to get to know my hair I think that was just something that I've been putting off because I felt like that was 
um, like my hair, like having it, you know, um, pressed or in individual braids that would lay, you know, I could style it and like put it up in a bun or wear it down or whatever. I feel like that was like my one thing that let me feel like I had what the white girls had, you know, I, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of weird to think about, but, but yeah, I think that's it. I think the hair was like the last thing for me to yeah. realize that it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine now. And I, I, I do definitely feel more comfortable now that's for sure so. yeah and i will say like from my part i also do attribute a lot of my like self-acceptance to my mother um because like my mom i say all the time she's an angel and i love her beyond death like she's amazing um <laughs> and like my mom like i said like up until my early middle school years my mom would also wear her hair like relaxed and like press and stuff like that and there's still like a lot of people that enjoy wearing their hair like that and there's nothing wrong with that yeah of course but also seeing my mom like be an unapologetic black woman like seeing her wear um like the colors and the clothing and the jewelry and her hair the way she wanted to be and she was still like um my mom's like a little bougie but (laughs) she like she's respected by other professionals in her industry she's respected by the other people black white and any other race like that know her everyone like loves her she's a wonderful woman and so seeing her be that vibrant beautiful black woman and not only myself loving and respecting her but seeing everyone in her life love and respect her i think also helped me learn to accept myself more because i would be like well Mm -hmm. if i can be anything like her obviously people will still like that and people will still respect that so i do attribute a lot of that to her that's a great point yeah i would i would say it honestly took me into like college to really like start like standing up for myself and like creating like boundaries on like really just like becoming in becoming like the person I am like today like the person who you know consistently fights for anti-racism and all that stuff and I yeah I agree I um I just like just started to refuse the token trope to refuse like the the bullshit because I just I was tired I think I was just tired and I just I was tired I was just tired (laughs) and I just wanted to learn to love myself and I think that it's kind of like a turning point in like my life in general and I I do remember like in in the beginning of college I do remember like kind of getting the you're not black thing and I would look at people like okay I'm not black okay <laughs> <laughs> and like um and they stopped like they totally stopped and I felt empowered by that I was like yes like this is what I should have been I wish I had done this a long time ago and I was doing it for middle school and high school Celeste like the person who like didn't realize all of those things and like realize like the situation that she was in and so yeah I stopped taking bullshit from people and I mean I wasn't taking bullshit from people back then but like I was most definitely not taking bullshit from people in college so yeah and 
just trailed off. It's fine. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, I also want to say it's kind of weird to, like, look at, like, all the things that I went through in middle school and high school and then now be in the world that we live in in 2020 with all the, like, protesting and the anti-racism and all that stuff. And it's just like, God damn. Like, yeah, I don't know. It just feels weird. It's like this. I had to go through all this shit. And now people are starting to realize that it was fucked up. Like, <laughs> that's just, yeah. I don't know. It's just like a, it was just like a weird thought to me recently. And I was like, man, but yeah. 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 I was thinking that too because I've been I like watching um, YouTube channels with people that just totally dismantle someone else's yeah. whatever they're doing. Like, uh, there's a guy I, I think you follow him, Celeste. Um, yes. D'Angelo oh. Wallace. D'Angelo. Maybe. He's like yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah. Brother I've seen that I wish I had. Raven. Okay. Right. So the one I. I, <laughs> I know he's the best. <laughs> for those who don't, for for those who don't know his channel he's he's on youtube he has a couple channels he does video he's essays, a commentary and he does channel. them really yeah. really well he's right it's commentary but it, but the way that he researches they're like professional films yeah, it's stuff it, it's yeah it's top quality stuff yeah he's very well spoken i think he's 21 21 year old black man and he yeah. is just a smart dude and he'll be totally brutally honest about his opinion on on certain things but the point i was trying to make was he was talking about shane dawson and he, me, oh, had, this is the other thing too even. his videos are no, not they're, they're like, not 10 minutes long they're, they're like, like an, 40 I think his minutes shane 30 dawson minutes an hour almost two hours long i think it's it's over an hour long it's like an hour and a half yeah. almost two hours long yeah and when i tell you i sat there and watched the entire thing because that's how good he is i watched the whole I thing i watched the entire thing because that's how good he is thing. i yeah. watched the whole oh yeah series. he has it's a three-part I mean, series a, it's a, like yeah. a multi-part series but, but the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the shane dawson one, but, but, yeah, yeah yeah that one is the go longest ahead, one and it's good it's it's great it's it's great. Yeah, so so the, the reason why I bring that up is because he basically decided to pick through all of Shane Dawson's content. Shane Dawson, for those who might not also know him, is um, he's is. was one of the top YouTubers, yeah, like, ever. Like, is. well, they, they dismantled his channel, basically. But YouTube isn't supporting him anymore. He yeah, can't make I money mean, from his videos. Sponsorships and stuff like that. At least but not yeah, right now. I don't know. That's a whole other discussion. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyways, but anyways, he's he's one of those he's one of those OG YouTubers who's been around since like 2006, 2007, when the site was just gaining popularity. He's been making content for all these years, and everything has kind of come up and caught up to him and hit ahead. And one of the pieces among so much incriminating shit that this man has done um d'angelo called out his use of blackface in his videos and so so back to what celeste was saying i'm making this whole roundabout point to say celeste was like people are just now it seems like people are just now realizing how fucked up some of the shit they do is and blackface is like to me that that shit pisses me off because 
like how do you have this this these like a, a chain of videos sitting on the internet for a decade and nobody calls you out enough to the point where you think okay maybe i should reevaluate why yeah. did i do that or i should apologize to someone or at least take the video down right no this the reason why he has all this footage is because it still exists on the internet because he's let it happen and just sit and fester yeah. for a decade and so now you're pulling up all this stuff where you have a whole video series on these mm-hmm. characters that you play or portray and you just smear the darkest makeup you can find all over your face and change up the way you talk you go from talking like this random white dude to talking like Leroy from down the block like it's just I I hate that shit (laughs) but it's but it's like you said Celeste it's like people are just now finally realizing that some of this shit is fucked up a lot of this shit is fucked up and I don't know about y'all, but I want my reparations. <laughs> yeah, and like my thing, <laughs> for real. And my thing, things Sorry. like <laughs> my thing with things like blackface is two things. One, why? Like I, I've never, I I've never oh. understood even the desire. Like, like forget, forget, don't forget. But like, forget the racist part of it. Forget, like everything about it but just like why do you have the desire yeah. to do that in the because first people, place for any wanna play, people want to play these ridiculous obnoxious characters and they can't seem to do it unless oh you know for sure that they're playing a black person because they can yeah. talk like a black person but unless they paint their pale skin to look closer <laughs> to ours you're not gonna yeah. get the joke, right? Yeah. Like that's that's like, that's what yeah. all I see with that crap. And my thing is, I feel like with a lot of internet content, especially YouTube content, I feel like the internet content creator community went through a phase where they equated shocking or offensive yeah. with funny. And that is exactly granted, the I'm point the that person, that motherfucker tried to make. That's like, exactly what he person, tried to say. I have like I enjoy dark humor. I like dark humor, Me and too. I know that some of the jokes I find funny, some people find offensive. Like we've had conversations about it with some of my friends, but I feel like a lot of people think like, "Oh, it's shocking, therefore it's funny," and that's not true. Like I may like there are some things where it's like I might laugh out of like nervousness or something out of like at something that's shocking, funny, but that doesn't yeah. mean that it's funny. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but that's that's crazy. That's the exact point that she because he because this is the other thing that D'Angelo was talking about. It's like he goes through these cycles where it's like every few years something happens. He gets called out and he makes this lame apology video. It's like the same Didn't thing it, every time. He took and back then, one of them. <laughs> I'm not even surprised. But I, when I watched a clip from one of his apology videos, and he was like, "Well." Back when I was making these videos, um, that kind of humor, it was, it, I mean, it's its supposed to shock people. And it, that's funny. That, that's supposed to be funny. I, I'm not saying what I did was funny, but that's what I was thinking, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, just, just stop. Because it's like all this other crap that comes up in relation to him is. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. That man gives me a headache. But yeah, yeah. that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. Oof. Okay. I, anyways. Yeah. I agree with all of those points. Um, D'Angelo Wallace, he's great. I love his channel so much. He hit a million subscribers, and I was his channel. Like, is blown those, up. So he did a video on Shane Dawson, 
Jeffree Star and Tati Westbrook because there was a whole beauty community drama mm-hmm. get in thing that happened last year. But yeah, it was um, like we don't have to go into it because they ain't got yeah. nothing to do with us. But um, yeah, he had. But <laughs> those videos have have like millions of views, and they're like over an hour long, each of them. Yes. And he hit like a million subscribers. So shout out to him. Like we'll put a link up to his channel mm-hmm. in the show notes. But yeah, he's great. He's amazing. Um, not the people he talks about because they suck. But but yeah, like. Yeah, it's good. Um, so my last question to wrap it up is, um, how are you now? Like, how are you doing now coming from, you know, all the things that you went through, especially racially and everything that we've been talking about, um, throughout your childhood and stuff like that. And we're all pretty young. We're... Well, Raven's younger than us, but we're all in our 20s. <laughs> and, um, but I will say now I love being black more than ever. Like, I, I, that came with a lot of healing, though, and a lot of um, mm-hmm. other, like, I have depression and anxiety. So between like dealing with that I started to unpack a lot of things and this is part these these this topic is a part of that um I at at a certain point I think especially in college I started to like really venture out and like try to make different friends (laughs) and put myself in different spaces even though I was in an organization that is mostly white, but I also was in other organizations that um, that were more mixed and I had a mix. So now like I have a mixed group of friends, like honestly, I think I have like truly like two or three white friends to be totally, like if I'm gonna be totally honest, yeah, probably. Like hmm. it's definitely like flip for me. Um. But yeah, I do have like a lot more healing and unlearning to do, but I definitely feel like I'm like in a better place because, you know, being the token or being classist or any of those things, like it didn't, it doesn't serve a purpose for me in my life. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to be that person anymore. I want to extend grace to to my people, I'm part of the black community. The black community is not a monolith. We are clearly all not the same and we also should all appreciate all the things that we bring to the table, whether you live in the hood or you live, you know, in a mansion and you're black, like it doesn't matter. Like we're all, we all don't benefit from the same system, so. So yeah, and also like, we will not be free until all of us are free. I'm gonna repeat that, we will not be free until all of us are free. That means the quote unquote black people that you don't like or the quote unquote black people that you don't agree with or whatever, like all of us gotta be free before we before we actually find freedom. And 
also just like small end note um also like some of y'all some of you black people specifically actually don't want freedom y'all just want access to, to white privilege because you hate yourself so there's that facts but yeah that facts. <laughs> but yeah so how are y'all doing now <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll keep my insurance week, <laughs> but, um, I, I'd say overall, like I was saying, you know, with the last question, I, it's recent, but I do feel, um, I feel more comfortable being myself. Now, with that being said, there is one thing that I just have on my mind constantly, and it really has to do with everything that's been happening with protests and you know, just things that have just been happening, especially this year. I, I, I just want to like, know, I, I just want to know there's, there's countries in the world where if I were to travel there, I'm, people see me as American first and not black first, because I think, I think I've just noticed that, I mean, I've, I've gone to a couple places where I feel like very comfortable, but I also feel like I don't know I just I just want to blend in but not in the not in the the way that you really think like I just want to not bring any attention to myself like because I look different than the people around me it but if I were to like 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 let's say I was sitting in a bar in some other country no one would would even pay attention to me until I open my mouth to order a drink they're like oh my god you're American and like I would much rather have that be my stigma if you will than yeah the black chick right so Mm -hmm. for me like i i don't know i i guess because i'm kind of tired of (laughs) living here (laughs) because of everything that's going it's i'm I'm just like exhausted being here but at the same time it's like where where else really could we go that's not gonna have similar if not the same issues really and that that's just something that's been on my mind a lot recently i it's not really something you can do research on. It's like where you can't Google like where do black people get treated well. It, it's all yeah. relative to where you are and the people that you're interacting with, of course. But yes. I, if anybody knows, let me know because <laughs> I, I want to do some research. But but really, I, I mean, say, yeah, that that's really yeah, all I'm I trying will to say. say. That yeah. is funny because that is something that I've been thinking about very seriously within the past several months because I. I too am sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so yeah, I'm ready to get the fuck out. I'm ready to go. I'm you I'm know, tired. Honest, honestly, when I Yeah, I've been I yeah, which yeah. is I don't know, I feel like it's just alignment because I had been thinking about that and then someone I follow I subscribe to on YouTube, she started an expat series where she too is sick and tired of being sick and tired and ready to get the fuck out. So I'm like following that. I've been like watching. She's done some. Let me get yeah, that channel um, name. It's Nappy Headed Pohoba. You can send it to me um, later. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, my mom just yeah, sent me her she, channel the other day. She's a, also like a, a comp. She was, she was a hair channel and then she stopped doing that because the natural hair community is mess 
and <laughs> so she left and now she does like social commentary especially about like um the black community and stuff like that and she's great i love her but she started doing mm-hmm. an expat series and she has some friends who are expats and um they have three videos so if you're like interested i'll put her channel in the show notes and um there's three videos so far and um they're really good and informative and they really talk about um it's in the beginning stages of like talking about being an expat and like what that means and what that comes with and stuff like that so that's been like super helpful and i'm here for the journey yeah and yeah but i too am seriously considering moving out of this country yeah there's there's one more piece i wanted to mention though before we go to raven um I'm on this this black. I got a couple Facebook groups that I'm a part of that do like mm-hmm. you know black travel, um, just black people that travel or you know enthusiasts or whatever. And one of the groups I'm in, I remember somebody posted an article and it said, and it, the article was something like you know more black people are expatriating to different countries you know than ever and blah 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 or, or preparing to whatever talking about you know just how over the course yeah. of the year things have changed and a lot of black people like how kind of how I feel just aren't comfortable here and they want to get a change of scenery and feel better and I just remember somebody commented and it was like <laughs> you know you have all these great comments everybody's like oh that's cool that's cool and then you get that one person and you're just like bruh come on but he basically was like oh well good luck to them but you can't you can't outrun your blackness and I was like oh god like Girl. that is the, I don't we even, know that like that's so yeah, far from that, the point. Like, yeah. that's so far from the point. My thing is just like, right. My thing is like, I don't want to walk down the street and feel like anybody could come out of nowhere and knock the fuck out of me just yeah. because they want to. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't, I, I'm yeah. just nervous now. And I, I was telling my partner this, I, I'm just nervous. It, it That's, that's just on my mind constantly. Like, I don't really walk around with my headphones in anymore from, like, running errands, walking up the street or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't do none of that yeah. shit anymore because it's, it's just too much to worry about, right? So, like, I, I, that's that's all I'm saying. It's, like, it's not about outrunning your blackness. It's just about yeah your own peace of mind Honestly, or safety yeah. and security or better opportunities to raise your family, like, any of that stuff. Yeah. Like, it could be anything, but... That's what I'm talking about. I'm not yeah. talking about running away from how you I look because yeah. you really can't do that. <laughs> but you can you can definitely, if you can, change your situation so yeah. it's less to worry about. But that's just that's just what I'm saying. So sorry, Raven. <laughs> no, Please tell us, share with us. You're fine. Yeah, no, like I, I totally understand that and I think like even like on a simple level, like the difficulty of trying to explain to someone with a little more privilege, like the concept of a sundown city it's just Ooh. like and like and like things like that it's just like you yeah obviously just don't understand and it's because you just like it, it just doesn't affect you personally in the same way that it does us you know mm-hmm. but I, I will say like um again like i still have more growth and everything to do obviously we all do um as a community um but I'm definitely doing a lot better now. I Good. am way more accepting of myself and my likes and everything like that. Like, I do consume a lot more like um, 
content by like black creators and black artists and stuff like that and i love it but i still love listening to country and i'm okay with that you know um and i do still have like predominantly white friends but i also have like more black friends but one of the things i actually like about it is that especially in the midst of everything going on right now i use my relationship with my white friends to actually kind of like sit down and have that conversation um yep just because like they want to understand they want to be like okay i know this thing is happening and i know you guys are affected by it but i truly don't understand why or how like all of the different elements that go into it you know um because i feel like a lot of people that are arguing against everything happening and just against the progress we're trying to make still think that we're just mad about slavery i mean and it goes i still am so <laughs> like i mean i mean and again it's not that like yeah. we're not not mad about it but it's like there's so yeah. many things beyond that and there's so many Where things that happened as fallout from that and aftermath that it's like it's not even yeah. just that anymore yeah um, it can't be <laughs> yeah and i, that, I feel like so silly to think <laughs> and and it's like being able to sit down even if it's only with my little friend group like being able to sit down and explain like this is at the very least my perspective like i i still can't speak for the entire yeah. black community like no one can um but this is my perspective this is what i personally experienced and saw and what my family and my parents experienced and this is why these things are an issue and this is how it continues yeah. to affect our community um so i would say like in that sense like i definitely have a bigger view now of all the things like all the different elements that contributed to my viewpoints when I was younger and I've changed a lot of those viewpoints now, thank goodness. Um, and I think I'm now able to kind of use that experience and use the way I grew up and the way I felt about myself and my blackness and my hair and my skin tone and like all that stuff. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm able to use that more for like a force for good now, which I'm really happy about. That was beautiful guys. Yeah. So that's, (laughs) The end of our topic. <laughs> oh, that was good. I really like this conversation. Like that I was feel good. Like we got deep. yeah. We got that was fun. Real uncomfortable, thanks to me, but that is my job. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, those were good questions. Those were good questions. Definitely, um, they were great. Yeah. So now we're gonna move into our last segment called "What's Got You Hot." We're gonna have a little jingle right here. What's got you hot? Yeah. So, what's got y'all hot <laughs> this week? Okay. Raven, yeah. do you know what we're talking about? Or yes. I, it really, honestly, it could be something that pisses you the fuck off, but it also could be something really good, just as long as it's extreme to you yeah. at this time. So, I'll, I, I'll go first. <laughs> oh. Like, Amber. <laughs> like, you can't just be like, oh, I stubbed my toe earlier. Or, well, like, first of all, that's okay, not good enough. I do never have a what's got you hot. So there's that. I'm thinking right now. I didn't have one prepared, but I will think of one before we finish this. Go ahead. I do. I do have a thing. I'm still unsure how I feel about it. Like it's mostly negative. Still unsure how I feel about it. But have you guys heard of um, the new Netflix original Cuties? No. No. God. Oh. Yes. So here's my thing. I <laughs> so I heard about it for the first time oh. this afternoon, 
and was it the D'Angelo Wallace video? <laughs> I'm kidding. No, 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 I was just like he I did put one on, out though. I was on one of those like meme site, like meme sharing sites, or whatever, and <sighs> someone talked about it like in the comments or something, and I had no idea what they were talking about. So, but I saw all the comments just like, oh yeah, this is oh, like terrible. No. Like, how's this even on Netflix? And I'm like, blah blah blah. And so, I was like, okay, well. Let me go watch it because I can't form an opinion mm-hmm. until Fair. I have experienced it for myself. So I went, I went to watch it, and I think it's like so. Okay, I'm currently at like the hour mark. <laughs> it's an hour and a half long movie. I'm currently at the hour mark. I know that there are more that there are more worse scenes in the last half hour of the movie than what I have seen previously. But honestly, my impression so far, at least of the first hour of the movie, is like, yes, this is bad, but it's bad in a way that sheds light on something bad already happening in real life. Like, because a lot of a lot of people's biggest complaints about it's like, oh, it like is sexualizing young girls. You know, um, these girls like doing like sexually explicit like dances and like all wearing, um, like revealing clothing and stuff like that. And my thing is like. Yes, but also, I remember being in middle school, and I remember seeing, like, explicit, yeah. like, music videos and stuff like that. Not necessarily, like, completely sexually explicit, but just things that a young child doesn't, is not, like, it's just grown women who are sexually active, yeah. expressing themselves, expressing their bodies in the way that they want to, in the way that an 11-year-old yeah. should not be. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. yeah and so and to me I, I feel like a lot of people have been saying like oh I understand that the point of it was to say that this is a bad thing but the movie doesn't show it well and I actually disagree I actually think the movie shows perfectly how that sort of thing happens and how those girls are being encouraged by things that they're seeing in music videos and by popular artists and the encouragement that they're getting on social media and all types of things and even from like other men around them in their lives um, who are not discouraging them from behaving this way and granted I do think some of the scenes are a little unnecessary, yeah. very unnecessary. Um, and is it a little disturbing to watch an 11-year-old twerking? Absolutely. But it's actually happening in the real world. Like, there are 100% 11 and 12 and 13-year-old girls out there, like, watching these music videos and seeing um, these grown women who are sexually active expressing themselves and thinking, oh, well, like, I want to be a woman, like, I, um, like, this is what men find attractive. This is what men find sexy. This is what men enjoy. And they're looking at boys for the first time. Like, they're interested in boys for the first time in their lives. They're like, I want boys to like me. I want boys to find me attractive. I want boys to find me sexy. And so they're just imitating those behaviors. And to me, like, while I do think it is disturbing to physically watch, I actually do think the movie expresses that very well. And so I feel like my... What's got me hot is the fact that a lot of people are criticizing and villainizing the producer of the film um, for showing it in the way that she did without really thinking critically about the fact like all she's really doing is like showing or exposing the fact that 
so many girls around the world are already consuming this content and already behaving like this because of the encouragement they're getting from the world. Yeah. So hmm. that's what's got me hot today. I, I, I get you on that. I think my only point that would kind of skew things for me in the other direction is I I think it's like right message, wrong medium or wrong avenue. But and I can with see that, that being said, well, how else do you show something like that, right? Because exactly. it's it's extreme to the point where it's visceral. Like I've I've seen I couldn't get through the movie. I, I had to fast forward, fast forward. I get to a scene, I'd be like, oh my God, and I keep fast forwarding. Yes. But um I, I I don't it was hard for me to watch because all I could think about was the fact that everyone has access to this film mm-hmm. and the wrong some a lot of the wrong people are probably watching that video or watching that that film and you know for for every person like you who understands the message and you know kind of in a way appreciates how it was portrayed there's people who just are not doing the right thing yeah. with it and that's what like makes me ill like thinking about it because those those actresses they're they're 11 and 12 years old yeah like they're, they actually they're are so young the they're so yeah. young and and it's not like i think my thing too is like they show them doing all that stuff it's not just implied that they're doing certain things or mm-hmm. doing certain moves or you know it's like a close-up of them dancing instead of showing their whole bodies and them twerking or whatever um that i think that's what really bothers me because you you have to get all of it like there there was in the film there's like really not a lot of examples where you don't focus on that happening yeah and that, that it's, was it's right there that is one of my issues yeah. like when i was saying like there are definitely some scenes that's like you didn't need to do that that way you didn't need to show yeah. that that way um but i understand the message but yeah i, I can totally understand it's like this is not necessarily the best medium for this, but how else do you show it in a mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wide yeah. dispersion? Yeah, I yeah. am not going to watch it because I know that will be triggering for me. Um, just because I just, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. prefer not to watch those types of, I can't watch those types of things. It makes me really sad. Um, and yeah. So, but D'Angelo Wallace, our favorite person, um, did a video on it and he was pretty much like talking about the same thing and he was but he I will say he was talking also about he compared to um well not compare but he mentioned Precious and how the scene like the visceral those scene those really hard scenes I never watched Precious because that is also mm-hmm. triggering but I, he was talking about how a lot of those, the scenes that we know are supposed to be like hard and supposed to be like really like, oh my God, I can't believe this is fucking happening. Like they did it in a good way. And the the scenes that Cuties, those scenes that Cuties has could have been done the way Pres- the movie Precious portrayed like those very hard and like raw scenes so yeah like yeah i i agree yeah i'm not gonna watch a movie but i agree with both points i i don't yeah i don't know like what is a good way to show people hey this shit is happening without you know 
really hurting the actors um, or the actresses and, you know, other people who are affect who have been affected by this, like, and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, so yeah, it's hard, but yeah, damn, yeah. But yeah, that movie is getting pretty controversial and, um, fuck Netflix for like yes. really dropping the ball. It was, I think a lot of it was just, seems like it was Netflix really dropping the ball on, um, pushing that movie out. Because, like, the descriptions and stuff like that, like, they weren't really portraying the movie the way it needed to be. And... Yeah, because the movie is portrayed, it's just like, oh, a group of young girls, like, wants to win a dance competition. And it's like, that is physically what happens in the movie, but that's not what the movie is really meant to be about. Even the trailer, even the trailer for it, I I saw it maybe a couple weeks ago. It got a lot of, I saw it on YouTube, it got a lot of negative attention but watching the trailer versus watching the movie there's so much that you don't mm-hmm. expect from the movie because in the trailer it's like oh they're cute and they're like shaking their, shaking their butts around whatever but it's like if that's like a yeah. level five like <laughs> the movie yeah. is like nine and ten in some in yeah. some occasions so yeah i think it i think they they didn't do the right thing with the promotion, the way that they promoted it. Even the title, the title card is like, cuties, it's got this cute font and this like nice cool blue color. Well, I will say it is translated from French. So yeah, so there's that as well. But yeah. 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 Cool. Um, For me, it's got me hot, couple of things. Um, One, I think I constantly talk about taking a social media break, but I think I need to take like a permanent, semi-permanent break. Um, I'm just tired. Like I, I think, I think bec- it's because of COVID and like everything going on. I'm very much like, oh, let me just sit down and just scroll on this never-ending like social media thing and like just be inundated by all this information good or bad or worse (laughs) and just yeah I gotta take a I gotta reevaluate my relationship with social media and just do some breaking up with my phone because I'm just I yeah it's it's weighing heavy on me so yeah um other thing Hmm. tying into social media and how shitty the people are on there can can we just stop being mean to one another I'm so tired I'm so tired of the homophobia, the transphobia, the fat phobia, all of it. I'm just tired of it. Yep. I'm tired. I'm tired. Are y'all not tired of being I'm shitty tired people? Of those, <laughs> I'm tired of those fucking Karen videos. They're, it's like oh my new, 20 new ones are every day. Are y'all not tired of being shitty people? Like, are you not tired of hating yourself? Are you not tired? I'm tired for you. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I just, I just, I actually don't want to understand. But I just, I'm so tired. There is this... There's this person, their pronouns are they, them, 
Um, and they, someone on like TikTok started bullying them for no reason. For absolutely no fucking reason. They don't know that person. That person don't know them from nowhere. And just started bullying them on TikTok. And then now they're just getting all this hate. And it's just like, they they were just making jokes like, oh, I think they were like, oh, like this person looks like this rapper from England or whatever. And now there's like, now this person is getting so much hate for absolutely no reason. And it's like, and then now it's Mm -hmm. a whole back and forth of like, oh, like, well, let me like white people apologize, which means that I'm a say I apologize, but not actually really mean it or say it in a way that sounds like you're apologizing like i'm just yeah leave people alone like y'all don't know how to leave people alone y'all don't like how does the saying go if you have nothing good to say don't say it at all like i just i'm so yeah yeah keep it moving tired why are y'all so why do y'all love to be up in other people's business that has absolutely nothing to do with you And this kind of, like, goes back into, like, what we talked about earlier, like, jokes. Like, you don't know how to tell a joke without being racist, transphobic, homophobic, fatphobic. You don't know how to do that. Right. If you're comp... That's all you have in your arsenal, right? (laughs) Making fun of people about things that they cannot control is not funny. Like, that shit is not funny at all. Yeah. Whatsoever. Like, so, yeah, that's what's got me hot. And, like, y'all can keep that shit. I'm just so tired. Like, so I'm so tired of it. I don't know. I think it's just, like, over-exaggerated now because everyone's home. Everyone bored in the house, bored in the house, bored. Which, I get it. But, like, oh, my God. Touch grass. Open the window. Like, I just... (laughs) Yeah, get like, some fresh just, air. Oh, God, yeah, it's making you yeah, crazy. That's yeah. That's yeah, no, I I definitely relate to that because like I like I said like I go on like meme sharing sites and stuff like that a lot, and especially on certain ones like the amount of just like sexism, misogyny, racism, homophobia that you see on a truly yeah. hourly basis is ridiculous, and it's just like yep. y'all can't like y'all just really out here hating women hating black people hating anyone who is not straight and And cisgendered like i just i don't get it (laughs) it's like okay like the like i the the crazy thing is like not only do i see hate for women but i see hate for men that are nice to women (laughs) i'm just like wait what it's all yeah It's, it's all kinds of wild well okay i i did think of one because i had plenty of time to think about one (laughs) but i realized there was something that pissed me off yesterday that i will bring up my thing that that's got me out right now is it was two things one they started like the, the fucking nfl why do you have the stands still full of people when you're saying like you want to do all this stuff to social distance or whatever, but you got people placed like literally every other that's seat. That's not going to do anything, especially yeah. when you have these these thousands of people 
using the same toilet facilities, buying food, passing food over, handling money, all that stuff. Like you're telling me that you're going to prevent COVID from spreading by spacing people out every couple seats. Like that shit don't work. So why is it even happening? And then they're like, what, 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 what our money lab? Like, that's why you have a billion, yes. multi-billion dollar industry because <laughs> you had all this time to make money. If you make don't make money for one or two seasons, is not the end of the fucking world. Yeah. The only thing that pissed me off though is <laughs> I I didn't know this, but I okay, so the Redskins, the Washington Redskins were obviously the existing name of the football team. I know they removed the name because of its connotation. Mm-hmm. But why is it taking them all summer to rename the team and they still don't have a name? You, you can't don't. think of one. You can't <laughs> think of one PC name for this team. So now it's the Washington football team. What kind of shit is you that? You know what? Who, Honestly, I prefer it over the Redskins. So they can keep it. I, oh, of yeah. course. Of course. But it's like hold a fucking contest and name them the Washington Eagles or some shit. Like, I know, obviously, Philadelphia Eagles. But, like, just think of some shit that's not... Yeah. It's not that fucking hard to, to is like, have a decent name. So, like, because everybody's case, arguing... Yeah. I was gonna go say, ahead, go worst ahead. case, like, write down a list of animals. Cross out the ones exactly, that already have teams, exactly, exactly. Pick what's left. <laughs> Washington warthogs. I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> it literally anything pc it's it literally also like i just don't also it, it, took I, was, the, it I was like it oh the, you know i was wrong to remove the name go ahead. so yes oh, right yeah. right of course that's bad in itself but then it's like okay so you were quick to remove the name piss off all your fans that's great but you can't replace it with with a pc name why why is that so difficult yeah i don't know Yep. I, I don't know why it's so difficult for them to just pick a decent yeah, name. Yeah, <laughs> my headphones died. Yeah, and it's just like it's just like Celeste was saying, like you can't make a joke that's not racist, homophobic, sexist. Like you can't pick a name that's not you can't pick right. a noun in the <laughs> English that's, language. That's what got me hot. Because I was looking at the racist, sco- I was looking at the connotations. Exactly, exactly. I was looking at the scores. And I'm like, okay, Tampa Bay played. That was terrible. Tom Brady got traded, whatever. I don't really know too much about football. But then I was looking at the Eagles. And I'm like, what the fuck is this team? I'm like, what the fuck is this team? And then I click on it because I saw the symbol in the W, but it didn't hit me until I clicked on it. It said Washington football team. I was like, they don't have a fucking name for that team yet? What the? It's been months. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no. What is happening? Yeah. I don't. Oh God. Yeah. It's like they're so scared to pick another name. They won't pick another name. But but it's like we yeah. said. Just go make write down all these fucking animals. Cross through the ones that already exist as a team. I was talking to my mom earlier, and I was like, they should just name them the Washington Capitals. And I was like, oh right, I don't watch hockey, so <laughs> it's already the hockey yeah. team's name. So yeah. I don't know. But but anyways, it's like literally just. Pick some generic shit like that and call it a day, but don't name it the Washington football team because you're too scared to make any moves on it. Yeah. I mean... Anyways. Shout out to them because, like, I don't make the money they do. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that shit is funny. I had a coworker that was like, I'm just going to still call them the Redskins. I was like, okay. 
No. That defeats the purpose. Okay, whatever. That defeats like, the purpose. All right, cool. I don't care. I still get That's paid stupid. either way. <laughs> like, just... No, no one needed to know that at work. At all. <laughs> like, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to know that you still racist it's fine you're also from the middle. you're also from Bumfuck, i wonder Ohio. no i'm not i'm not i was gonna make a joke i was gonna say do they still call the southern states the confederacy as well so well they're from ohio so midwestern racists are kind of different it don't matter yeah they're, they're a breed. different breed of racists mm. i think it depends i live in the midwest they're they're uh, pretty similar. Yeah, I don't. They, <laughs> pretty similar. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe depending on where in the Midwest you're from, but like, yeah, the Midwest people I know, they're they're definitely the ones who are like, I don't know, like they're a different kind of country. Like, it's not southern country. Mm. They're, like, a different kind of bumfuck nowhere country. Like. It's 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 way more hillbilly than yeah, anything. That's true. It's That's different. True. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah. Hmm. Whatever. Okay. Do we have any, uh. Do we have any positive? <laughs> well. Damn. I was going to end it right yeah. here. Ooh, ooh, no, I do have one. I do have one. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. Um, have y'all seen how, like, on Netflix, they're adding a bunch of, um, the black like, a lot of, like, old yeah. school black, yes. like, sitcoms, stuff like that? Girl, I have been binging oh, Sister, Sister again for yeah. the first time in many Same. years. <laughs> and it holds I saw, up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, that's great. I saw they added Girlfriends I as well, like, last week. Girlfriends, Moesha. All of them. Girlfriends. Yeah, yeah. First of all, I didn't realize it came out in, like, 07. I feel like... That seems so late for girlfriends. Oh, yeah. That seems so yeah. I it was an early two thousands show. But no, it came out in 07. And first of all, can we just talk about Tracy Ellis Ross? I I mean all of them, but Tracy Ellis Ross is just a beautiful woman. She is an amazing person. I was gonna say black don't crack because she no. still looks like she yes. did oh my fifteen God. years ago. Honestly. Like, I I want to be Tracy Ellis. I want Tracy Ellis Ross is definitely one of the few black women that I want to be like. She ain't got no kids. She ain't got no man. She just rich and living her <laughs> life. And that <laughs> didn't she oh just come God, out with a movie too, it. where she's like playing a pop oh, star yeah, or something? I didn't watch that. Yeah, it's oh, some really? Apple TV, yeah. Hulu movie, something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I didn't watch that. Yeah, no, she's yes. she's crushing yes. life right now. Okay. <laughs> so, anything else that we wanted to add um, in this episode? No, I think we can wrap it up. I think we're good. Yeah, I think this was okay. definitely a really good discussion. Yeah, yeah, this this was great. Uh, this is this was the slight sarcasm podcast. I'm Amber. That's Celeste, and we also want to thank Yay. Raven for joining us this episode. This um, has you been can check amazing. Out. <laughs> thank you guys so much yeah, for inviting me on. No, no, thanks for joining us. You can check out Raven's podcast, Boozicals, with her co-host Campbell. Uh, we'll put the details in the show notes. 
But as always, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope you all yeah, join us in the next episode. To, if you want to email us, email us at the slight sarcasm podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on all of our social medias. They will be in the show notes as well. Um, and we We do have a website <gasps> we in do. the works. I already bought the domain, so don't, yes, I already bought the domain, so don't try to steal our domain, but yeah, I will be um, building the website and getting that up and running in the next couple weeks, so we'll have all of our stuff directed there as well, as well as more information about us and some of the um, upcoming discussions and, and, you know, different things like that where you guys can interact with us. Thanks, Raven, again. All right. Bye. Bye.